really speaking my meters. How's it going, eh? It's going all right. Quarantine. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Coronavirus update mm-hmm. theme. I have no idea what to do for that. <laughs> yeah. So we went out to the doctor yesterday mm-hmm. at a doctor's appointment and then I stopped by the pharmacy and also had to get some cat food because <laughs> the cats are needing food. Otherwise, they'd have to catch two or three extra mice and birds and things apiece every sure. day, I imagine, which they can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got home the other day and there were just two two wings underneath a, a tree. <laughs> they left the wings. Yes. So anyway, I think finally around here, people are starting to stay home more. Mm-hmm. Up and the last time we went out a few days before, uh, it was just like business as usual, Yee. as far as I could tell. Thanks. Just every, you know, Walmart parking lot was full when I drove by that, mm-hmm. and uh, so forth. But this time I noticed a definite lack of vehicles yeah. in the parking lots of businesses as I drove by, and uh, it seemed to be uh, more people are getting the point. But we're down here in you know a much more rural area. And it's, you know, they're still holding it 10 cases, no deaths versus you're, you're up there in the thick of it as far as Oregon. I guess so. Um, just still not too many in Portland proper, mm-hmm. but, uh, but you know, between two, between two outbreaks really. Yeah. So we'll see. It'll, it'll happen. It just, um, they got lucky, I guess, in not being the first wave. Right. I mean, I hope we got lucky. I hope it's well, not just, you know, coming. Mm-hmm. That uh, the social distancing will help flatten the curve. Right. Here's to social. No. Here's to compliance. Mm-hmm. And yeah, being okay. Right. It's uh, it's always it's always scary and even traumatizing. I'd say if you, even if you don't lose anybody close to you, you know, there, certainly there are starting to be prominent people who mm-hmm. uh, are dying from the thing. You know, Ellis Marsalis. Uh, yep. Marsalis patriarch. And uh, Adam Schlesinger, Schlesinger, I don't actually know how he pronounced it, from uh, Fountains of Wayne. If uh, prominent people are acquiring it and dying from it, then, mm-hmm. you know, that's just a, a tiny percentage of the average folk. Right. So It just becomes more real because people are aware of somebody they sort of know in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like someone you know. Distance socially all. Yeah. And then, you know, you were, you were talking about, to me earlier, about... Um, Sort of the anxiety in your social circle, mm-hmm. anxieties right. increasing. Yeah. So we're, and I was responding to you about that. We're really lucky here, um, being more rural, and of course we're having a you know large property, so we can get out of the house and roam around outside and, mm. and whatnot, and still be by ourselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, even though little girl doesn't get daycare and see her friends, she can still run and play. Right. And uh, there, there's not a lot of uh, difference in our daily routine mm-hmm. compared to a, like a weekend or, say, summer right. vacation or something mm-hmm. like that. Sure. And it hasn't been that long yet. True. I'm sure it will come. Mm-hmm. Not to be Debbie Downer, but that is 
my hey, <laughs> that is my role. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you gotta. What is it? The truth is truth. <laughs> I guess I try not so. to be too downer about it. Like it's hard in this country because we are fatalist. We're we're beat over the head. I don't say I wouldn't say fatalist. I would say I would say realist. But yeah, my sense of resignation over what will happen is uh, pretty high. Mm -hmm. And I don't, as we were talking about it this morning over text, uh, I, I think maybe it's true that most people don't really think about <laughs> things that could go wrong as much yeah. as I do. Uh, it's a, uh, it's not a constant Cassandra thing where it's just like, it's doom, it's coming. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just, I guess, a sort of underlying thread of pessimism maybe. Or at least uh, that I guess maybe that is fatalism, right? If it if you think about it, yeah. Well, um, as you said, you know, case rah rah, mm -hmm. or you know, right. And I did. I have cultivated that Zen or Taoist philosophy for for decades here. Mm -hmm. That uh, whatever happens is okay. Um, it's hard to feel that in the moment, but overall, the the, the hacky thing is. <laughs> is to say things are as they are, right? It is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't, I've spent a lot of time trying not to attach a lot of emotion to the future, I guess, except in the sense of hope, right? I do uh, tend to be hopeful about the future, mm -hmm. whatever it is, but whatever it is, I am pretty confident that a critical mass of humans will be okay and uh, continue yeah. on whatever it is. I'm, cer I'm certain of that, yes. Mm -hmm. But then there's also... Nothing you say can upset us. We're the MTV generation. We feel neither highs nor lows. Really? What's it like? Eh. Right. <laughs> yes. That is a thing. <laughs> Definitely a yeah. thing. And, the, of course, the medication helps with that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> hey, man, you know what? Everything is okay. <laughs> 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 what are you talking about? The building's on fire. Yes, and we have to get everybody out. But, you know, <laughs> As we move forward, exiting the building, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, excellent. <laughs> Good to have a pragmatist on board. <laughs> I noticed it because people were starting to tell me. I was like, Marcus, you're so calm at like work. There's like, you're uh, <laughs> like I am. <laughs> it didn't feel like that oh, inside. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> uh -huh. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, honestly, it's just I don't know. It's no biggie. <laughs> I'm not in a hospital saving lives. <laughs> just, right. Yeah. Yeah. For you. Making it's not, some, uh, yeah. I'm making some beverages for people. <laughs> just, yeah. It was the same when I was at Trader Joe's, you know, it's just like, I mean, we're just selling groceries, everybody. It's uh, there's mm -hmm. no need to panic really. Uh, on the other side that can lead to lack of action. I think if it goes too far, if your apathy can rise up <laughs> in the face of that sort of acceptance, I guess. Where yeah. um, <laughs> I go too far into the mellowness. Like, hey, man, <laughs> it's all okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, uh, I think that can happen. People, uh, it's the flip side of uh, the false sense of security, I guess. Mm -hmm. Where you believe that, oh, no, everybody's got it in hand. You know, the, the powers that be have it in hand and everything, you know, that will be back to normal pretty soon. And then, you know, I don't have that sense, of course, but I do think that whatever disaster ends up befalling, whatever level of disaster ends up befalling us, that it will be okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That doesn't mean that 
I, I think people think that means normal. It's just mm. a different interpretation of normal. Right. Adapt, adapt and improve. Yes, exactly. Wow, where did that come from? <laughs> the philosophy of the Pythons <laughs> is strong with us here <laughs> at It's Just Called Two Brothers. Yes. Uh, I am Marcus. I am James. Welcome to the show. Um, 10 or 12 minutes in. Um, the, the thing, we got snippets of philosophy. They threw those tidbits out. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I don't, I'm not well versed in Proust, but I have um, a vague sense of Proust from Python's jokes, who wasn't really a philosopher, but. Well, on that note, <laughs> let me play you some music from Hungary. Okay. Zoltan Kodai, K-O-D-A-L-Y, pronounced Kodai, mm-hmm. was a, an excellent composer from Hungary. Uh, I knew about him from music education. Mm-hmm. He was a, a folk song collector, besides a, a pianist and, and uh, orchestral composer. Explain what that means. He collected uh, folk songs from all over Hungary and, at the time, Romania and the region. Specifically, the music I'm going to share is called Dances of Maroshek. Hmm. And Maroshek, along the river Marosh, was an area in Transylvania. Oh, I see. That uh, Hungary is amazingly musical. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of people from there that came over to America um, and, and made their way into the uh, sort of into the, the realm of the greats. Sergei Kusevitsky, famous conductor of the Boston Symphony for, for years and years in the early 20th century. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Nicholas Slanimsky, who was sort of behind the scenes more often um, as a almost like a musical historian. Godai became kind of a mentor of Bela Bartok, uh, another famous composer. Uh, Avant-garde, century. Really, uh, that one. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And sort of took him under his wing and impressed upon him uh, a love of folk music. <laughs> and they, they kind of went out to the towns and villages and listened to recorded and wrote down lots and lots of music, like thousands wow. of folk songs that they collected and, and um, cataloged. So is that part of Bartok's influence or, in, or influences he, that, that he incorporates elements of folk, Hungarian folk into yes, his symphonies? he does. Interesting. Very much so, Not, yes. I didn't delve very far into, you know, his philosophy of composing or, um, you know, methods. Yeah, he, quite a few of his pieces are are folk music inspired or themes from uh, from folk tunes. Mm-hmm. So the folk tunes being just you know music of the people. Yeah. You go out and people are just singing their tunes out in the um, in the hollers. <laughs> the <interland. laughs> For example, of of, uh, of Appalachia, lots of folk tunes from mm-hmm. from there in, in um, bluegrass music right. for American stuff. There's tons of stuff from mm-hmm. influenced in that. And um, in in England, Vaughn Williams was. Uh, a collector of folk songs, Percy Granger from Australia, but he came to England, mm-hmm. collected tons of uh, folk music too. And they just like in, in the 20th century, they'd go around with a, like a gramophone, hmm. you know, cylinder recording machine. And they'd record people's just here, sing into this horn <laughs> and, uh, or sing it, sing it. And they, you know, they were good enough at transcribing quick enough at transcribing hmm. music. They just start writing down the music. And that was the thing. They just walk around from town to town. Fantastic. Yeah, soaking it up. So this piece is a collection of six folk songs that he first wrote for piano and then later orchestrated it. I think uh, 1930 was when it premiered, this particular version, played by the Budapest Festival Orchestra.
There's a sample of a, a few of the segments, mm -hmm. and it's just really nice. Kodai did a lot with music education, mm -hmm. too, as I, as I started to say, because um, he used a lot of those folk songs in, in producing music for children to learn. Mm -hmm. And uh, he wrote down rhythmic syllables to start teaching the sort of music theory, the fundamentals right. of music to children in very simplistic ways. And it's almost like the Suzuki method for strings, <laughs> where it just started very, very simply and progressed. And he, he had like a 16-volume, thousands of song set for choirs, you know, method from going from wow. very, very simple to <clears throat> part singing, you know, pretty advanced. So, wow. Yeah. Well, the thing that made me think of Russian music and the beginning i think was the drama but i uh, having you know gone through it further uh, it uh, i think the a better analog is copeland for the u.s all right this yeah well copeland was very much his own thing mm -hmm. and then be it became so iconic yeah. you know it just hit the zeitgeist as it were well it's <laughs> it does uh, evoke similar imagery to me it's a mm -hmm. these sort of grand themes yeah. That talk about the land, right? Uh, yeah. That are um, that are also really dynamic at the same mm -hmm. time. Oh, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's neat stuff. I, I really enjoy uh, Hungarian music. Pretty good. Well, Brahms did a bunch of uh, uh, Hungarian dance, hmm. you know, number one through six, I want to say. He fully orchestrated <laughs> those. Those are even more famous, uh, of course, right. as, as is Brahms himself, sure. so... It's neat stuff. Yeah, very good. How's your media watching besides uh, Peppa Pig? Ooh, lots of Peppa Pig mm -hmm. these days. She she was on Paw Patrol for for so mm -hmm. long, and then finally, now the last uh, a week or so, is that she she rattles off what she doesn't want to see. Mm -hmm. Was she doing that when you were here? No, like, not so much. May I watch TV? Yes, you may. What do you want to see? Not Daniel Tiger. Huh. Not Paw Patrol. Not Bubble Guppies. Peppa Pig. Okay. <laughs> So she she tells you all this all the typical shows uh -huh. that uh, that are recorded and uh, eliminates all uh, all but one. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's a good method. Oh, and now what's uh, what's her latest one on here? Ruby. Ruby Rainbow Ruby. Rainbow Ruby uh -huh. is a Netflix series. And, yeah. yeah, she was watching that in here for uh, every once in a while. Right. I came in one day and she was singing the theme song. <laughs> like, whoa, she knows that. I didn't even know that was a show. Wow, <laughs> cool. Yeah, we've been watching a lot of uh, Netflix, actually. Ironically, because we hardly ever do that. Mm -hmm. I found out that uh, Harrison had never seen Lethal Weapon, so I wanted to oh, um, okay. insert that into his oeuvre. Yeah, before he gets too old for that shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, Aha, it is, people like it when you're tired. It is pretty cheesy, uh, but uh, <laughs> watching it again, you know, through somebody else's eyes, it, it was... Uh, Goofy, silly, fun, most of, the, most of it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, wow. Extremely just everything chucked over the side except for this uh, weird action story. It just <laughs> moves forward. But I wanted to get him to uh, Lethal Weapon 2 so that uh, we have the, the Leo Getz. Is that Joe Pesci's yeah, character? Yeah, that's Joe Pesci's character. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> also, the Scream TV series is quite fun. Hmm. Um, I'm enjoying that so far. The mm -hmm. uh, what's the other one? So the first episode of, I believe it's called "I Am Not Okay with This," with two of the kids from uh, It. Uh, the Steve, Stephen King's mm -hmm. It. Okay, I didn't watch that on purpose, so yeah. not interested. Yeah, it's because of the 
horror. Uh, mostly. And also clowns. Ah, uh, the clowns. Yeah, he's quite the scary clown. Mm-hmm. Much, much scarier. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's a... Uh, wow, that's all you can think of right now. There have been... We've been dipping in and out of um, one episode of things. Eh, I've always wanted mm-hmm. to check this out. Let's let's uh, watch the first episode. Hmm, right that's on. pretty good. Okay, not ready to see <laughs> any more of that yet. Let's uh, try the first episode <laughs> of this other thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw the trailer for the upcoming Red Dwarf movie. Movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Have you seen the trailer? I have not. Okay, it's uh, pretty good. It's like pretty, it. pretty funny. And they kept the same production values mm-hmm. and style. Right. So I like that. Cool. I was actually surprised. I was thinking it was going to be some... I, well, I didn't realize that it was... At first, I thought it was going to be like a studio production. Mm-hmm. You know, like a major studio production. I was like, eh, okay. And then realized... Or, or heard, I thought it was like a Kickstarter project, and I thought, oh, that's not going to be a, a, that good after all. <laughs> but then it's some sort of in between. It's like huh. uh, UK TV, which I think is fairly independent, but not shoestring budget. Interesting. I don't know uh, much about them. Yeah. So if you like Red Dwarf, mm-hmm. you should look forward to that. Excellent. There were definitely some laughs in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, watch the Simpsons movie. The other day again, so it still holds up. <laughs> That's good. Mostly, yeah. Mostly, some draggy bits, but otherwise. All right. Well, I'm pretty hard hit by Adam Schlesinger's death. I'm a big fan of Fountains of Wayne and have been since the late '90s. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I heard uh, "Leave the Biker" on NPR, probably. Just randomly, somebody, uh, one of those afternoon reporters threw it on as a, like, you should hear this band. Mm. And then followed them along uh, ever since then. Really, really excellent songwriters. Amazing band. And uh, I think partially, you know, he's same age as both of us, the the head dudes. Chris Collingwood Mm. and Adam Schlesinger are 52, 53. Um, Mm. Will be, you know. Would have been and will be 53 this year, 1967 born. Right. Uh, uh, Chris Collingwood, what else was he involved with? Because I know his name, but not um, for that, do I? Not sure anything big. Hmm. I don't think so. Okay. Just this is his a... main thing. Okay. Um, some smaller bands on the side. But Adam Schlesinger, of course, was the... Uh, co-composer for all the music for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend on Netflix. Um, lots mm-hmm. of really funny songs for that. Mm-hmm. And as the composer for uh, That Thing You Do, ah, uh, okay. the same name. Yeah, he did really well with that. He did. Um, a lot of my favorite stuff is on uh, Utopia Parkway, which is their second album. And uh, the one that probably holds... I've listened to it more than any other mm-hmm. that holds a special place. I would think... Uh, it must be summer. It's probably the hook-filled song that I would throw out there. For All now. right. If I had to pick one. Well, you do. All right, then. <laughs> it must be summer Because the days are Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, that's a good yeah. one I actually remember, <laughs> well, sort of. It's got a really solid hook at the end, you know, the bridge there is, or the coda is uh, fabulous. Mm-hmm. Just grab you. Yeah, I will, uh, I'll miss hearing his music. These are, these are weird and sad times. True. You expect to lose some, and uh, do every year. Mm-hmm. Right, and we did just, just yesterday, Bill Withers, you know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So another another brilliant songwriter, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, he was 81. I don't think uh, he had coronavirus, I think, is just his time. Mm. So sad, but, you know, he got to live to be kind of old. Right. So, uh, yeah, I don't feel the... I don't feel similarly, really. That's uh, we will get through it, everybody. We will we will persist. Indeed. Don't give up. Yeah, and if you'd like to send us an email about your persistence, we'd love to hear from you we at bros at it's just called two brothers dot com. You may also message us on Twitter at ijc two b. You can peruse a newsletter that I write. That's on uh, linked on my website at marcusharwell dot com. Or uh, directly at buttondown.email slash pronologus, P-R-O-N-O-L-A-G-U-S. And I'll link it in the show notes as well. Um, another edition due today if I can manage to bang it out. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, so.